Oh, we're back to finish up this or that. Let's get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. If this is your first time, stop what you're doing and go back and listen to last week's because you got to find out what happened at the beginning you gotta hear of this or that. There's rules. There's all kinds there's of stuff. All sorts there's of a, things. There's a game board. Go find it at, at Dropping Sunday on the socials. Look look for a picture for of, of the... Uh, uh, of the game board and uh, and yeah, so we we started last week mm-hmm. and uh, it got heated and we needed to take a break. Yes, and so for your sake, for your sake and for ours and for my marriages. And so what we did is uh, we took a break and and we're gonna finish up this week. So we're gonna pick up right where we left off. Um, hey, Andrea. Yeah. Uh, how's your heart? Pick another one. So who's next to pick? Let's do books. Let's do books for our final. Category. I love this. Okay, let's All do right. it. Um, number two. <laughs> when she starts laughing like that, it scares me. All right, number one. Okay. I'm grabbing this one, taking control. Mm. Go for it. What you got? <laughs> uh, I kissed dating goodbye, which I have. <sighs> okay. Apparently, not on purpose. <laughs> Redeeming love. Um, I feel like this would be a better argument if we switch places. Can we do that? Nope. That's what <laughs> makes we... us great. <laughs> I feel like I could argue for I Kiss Dating Goodbye even better. Okay. All right. I Kiss Dating Goodbye by Josh Harris, uh, who has also been mentioned on our show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So while I understand that there's a lot of controversy around this book right now, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and, and has been in the last few years, there's a lot of millennials who read this in junior high and high school um, and who are now saying that they were hurt by it or bothered by it. And there's just a lot of talk about purity culture and we even have discussed it. So here's the thing. While I understand that maybe it wasn't approached in the best way. And even the author of the book, Josh Harris has said it wasn't approached in the best way. And he has recanted. There is some truth to this. And as a Christian, I don't think you need to kiss dating goodbye, but you need to reevaluate. And I think that's what this book does. I think that it, it, it teaches you that as a Christian in a world that is full of sin and full of, of things trying to pull at you, trying to pull you down, trying to destroy you and an enemy that's out to destroy you. What this does is says, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to say, I'm a Christian. I need to look at this differently. How do I need to approach it? How do I need to uh, act in this situation that will set me apart and make it obvious to the world that I there's something different about me? And I think that's what this book did. Maybe not perfectly, but that's what it did. Okay, let's talk about Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. Um, it's a historical drama, yeah, love story. Based off of a uh, a story in the Bible, the story of Ruth. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Who is it? It's Hosea. Est- Gomer and Hosea. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking something else. I should have just let him go. <laughs> yeah. You should have. Who is it? It's Hosea. Hosea and Gomer. Okay. Yeah. Didn't you do a show um, about this at the beginning of this? Yeah. I mean, I literally have 
I have it up there on the bookshelf. <laughs> is I still have it well, in the office. Well, there's a movie being made, so we're going to be watching that. We are eventually. definitely going to be watching that this year. So, um, so that's going to be one of my points as to why. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> uh, there was another. Okay, uh, that's an inappropriate joke about the movie. I kiss dating goodbye. Okay. Um, so, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. It sold like a bunch, and like there's never been any controversy over it. It is just a an amazing uh, book that tells uh, about a love story, and uh, that that is Christ centric, that is gospel centric, but it doesn't necessarily just have to live in that space. And I don't know a single Christian female that's been around for you know been a Christian longer than you know five years or whatever that hasn't already read this book. Um, I feel like the combined reading of this book in this room is somewhere around two dozen times between the the two of you. So um, I, I feel like uh, I feel like it stands more of the test of time than than anything else that uh, that we might be talking about. I'll let you do your thing. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, no. and I don't completely disagree. Although my issue with Redeeming Love is that it is not even Francine Rivers' best book, and so many people read it and then stop. They just stop there. Yeah. And they. Um, There's another series, the Lion Tamer uh, series. Uh, <laughs> Lion Tamer. Mark of the Lion series. Mark of the Lion. Series. If you haven't read it, you should. And so, so many people stop at Redeeming Love and yeah. they, they don't read anything else by her. Yeah. And she has such an impressive library. She has such an impressive uh, list of books that she has written and they all have an amazing story. They all have an amazing um I know it sounds like I'm arguing for you. You hundred percent are not like she's a great author. Yeah. She is a fantastic author, but Redeeming Love is not her best book. And so I think with I Kiss Dating Goodbye, it is Joshua Harris's best book. Because I think it might be his only book. Um, um yeah, please let people stop reading Joshua Harris in general. So, but, and here's the thing, here's the thing with I Kiss Dating Goodbye, it's at least practical. Redeeming Love is, it is, it's a fiction, it's based on a true story, it's based on a story in the Bible, but it's not real. And so at the end of the day, what, that's so hard for me, because I just really like her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible at this game, by the way. You're actually way better than you think you are. You're you're doing really um, great. Go, keep, keep going. Uh, so, I, you know, at least I Kiss Dating Goodbye is practical. And at the at the end of reading it, you're going to feel like you have some practical steps and things that you can apply to your life. I completely agree with you. The problem is that those steps are the wrong steps to take. That's the problem, right? Everybody needs a good beat beach read, something you can sit on a beach and enjoy. And this is gives some gives Christians something to to read that isn't a raunchy romance novel that you get for a, a buck fifty at Albertson's out on the way out. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's a good thing to do. Um also, I mean you're talking about personal experience with different things. I'm gonna go ahead and just speak out against Ica stating goodbye because a girl did break up with me by handing me that book. So that is uh it's a story I've told before. It still bothers me. So uh I mean it's the book that is harsh. Yeah. The book uh was weaponized against me, but also the concepts in that book have been weaponized against uh against a lot of people, including females in the purity culture. So ultimately, um I feel like uh redeeming love builds up women. And uh, and I kiss dating by actually tears them down. I mean, she is a prostitute in the book. Hey, she's is that your closing a, statement. <laughs> wow, 
I mean, do I have to argue like like at least she's a successful businesswoman? Yeah. You know who should have kissed Aiden goodbye? Michael Jose. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh, you guys. I can't even I can't even say that. Um yeah, no. I'm, I'm I'm giving this to Seth. It, you have okay. to. It's yeah. a better okay. book. Yeah. You guys go read okay. it. It's so good. And by the way, I stand firm against you in saying that it was a tie between Mark Driscoll and Kenneth Copeland. It wasn't. It, oh, yeah, but she had, she 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 did a better job. the not minefield way better than you did because I didn't have a minefield. Well, exactly. So hers was hard. I mean, I did, but if, okay, you don't think I had a minefield? You don't think Mark Driscoll is a minefield? I mean, come on. Uh, I just realized okay, that that's so my water listen. bottle. I was like, oh, I have a water bottle just like that. That I realized is my company. Okay, so listen up. Okay. We're going into final battle. I'm going to throw you a bone and say that you can veto as many times as you want to because you're going to want to. <laughs> but you have to both agree to veto and, and land on whatever you're okay. going to land on okay. and stay there. So okay. now. So if well, I want to veto, but she's like, no, you're going to argue okay. that. Yes. Then I have okay. to argue that this lands for double points. OK. OK. And I'm going to throw in a wild card point. Oh, my goodness. What does that mean? Okay. I don't even know what it means. I'm, it me nervous. Let, I'm going to reveal the subject okay. of this entire final battle, just so the listeners know. There are four different battles that they can pick from. Okay. But it's all under the same subject. Okay. 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 I phoned a friend to help me. When I reveal the subject, if you can guess who, what friend I phoned, you get a point. Do we both know this friend? Yes. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Reveal the subject. Okay. Doctrine. Dr. Marty. Sorry. Wait, was it Dr. Marty? Wrong. Ah! Um, so re-say, re-say what it is again. Doctrine. Doctrine. Sorry, doctrine. I was trying to say Dr. Marty before he did. That's yeah. why I um, Friend of the show, Dr. Marty. Um, y'all aren't going to get I don't know if you'll get this or not. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't pastor. It was a pastor. Oh, in that case, it was... Uh, Josh Geary. No. Shaler. You got oh, it. man. Okay. I didn't know you were friends with Shaler. Seth gets, an extra, <laughs> Seth gets an extra point. I didn't know Shaler had friends. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, so love you, love you, you need to uh, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Who gets to pick first? Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, here we go again. Paper, double rock, double scissors. Uh, paper paper covers, covers rock. rock. Okay, I oh get to go first. Gosh. All right, I'm going to go with, with triangle. <laughs> Very um, symmetrical. And you can and... pick either side and give the other person the other side. All right. Do I get to pick? Do uh, I get to look and see? Yeah, but whoever picks this one should probably read first. Okay. And um, sovereignty of God. Versus free will of man. Oh, okay. heaven help me. Um, listen, if you want to veto, I would be okay. Okay, with that. veto, 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 veto. Okay, that would be so hard for me. Why don't you pick? Why don't you pick it? Um, give me the swirly. Swirly. <laughs> I don't remember what some of these are. Okay. <laughs> Sprinkle. Okay. Dunk. Sprinkle or <laughs> Sprinkle, Sprinkle or. Dunk. And I have to argue for sprinkling? Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we doing this? Really? 
Okay. Is there a better one to pick? Is there a better one for us? We're not doing sovereignty of God <laughs> versus free will of man. We're not doing that. This show is supposed to be 30 minutes. It's never been 30 minutes. It's already over an hour. Now, by the way, editing real time, it's already over an hour. Look to see how much time I've cut. Just that. Probably been a lot. Been a lot. So I just want to look at them all now. If you want. Prosperity doctrine. I buy my Jesus shoes at the thrift store. I buy my Jesus shoes at the thrift store? What's that mean? So it's like whether or not you're rich or poor. <laughs> what what what's more what's more uh, what's more holy? Yes. Done. Not, oh, what's the last one? <laughs> what is yours? Pre-millennialism, second coming. Mine's post-millennialism, second coming. We, no. did, we did that one last week. That is the sound of us ripping those up and throwing them away. All right. Okay, so what are we starting with? Baptism, <clears throat> baby. Let's do it. Okay, so how in the world? Sprinkle versus dunk, baby. I say we do this. I, I say we do baptism speed round. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Dunk. That's what Jesus did. I'm done. You can go ahead and argue with whatever sprinkle you want to talk about. Well, here's here's the argument for sprinkling. Okay. It, it's quicker than dunking. It's less messy than dunking. And for people who can't go underwater, it's a viable option for them to be baptized um, and to follow the Lord in that command without uh, being having a panic attack underwater. Okay, so I want to be obedient as long as I'm comfortable. I understand that. Um, the real thing with sprinkle baptism versus uh, versus full immersion baptism is uh, is really breaks down into whether or not you do it to babies. Uh, that's kind of where the whole sprinkling things comes from is for uh, pedo baptism, and uh, I don't believe that pedo baptism has any basis in scripture whatsoever. I do think that credo baptism, where we're baptized based on our creed, does exist in scripture again. It's what Jesus did. Um, so we've talked about the age of accountability a few times on the yeah. show. Um, because we've talked a lot about the rapture. Which Should we rename this show Age of Accountability? I think so. Yeah, okay. Um, or Rapture. Rapture yeah. Talk. Yeah, Rapture Talk. <laughs> rapture Talk with Seth and Andrea. Um, so we've talked about the age of accountability. So do you think that uh, when Jesus comes back and everyone's souls are taken up to heaven, which because that's totally what's going to happen, do you think that babies... And children that have not reached the age of accountability are going to go to heaven without having been baptized. Um, yeah, I don't think that uh, I don't think that whether or not a baby took a bath is going to make any difference at all. I re- I really really don't. Um, because, so let me ask you this: yeah. Do you think that there are people that have been dunked who are not going to go to heaven? A hundred percent. There's lots of people who have taken. Again, if you take a bath, it is a symbol. It. I mean. I'm I'm really surprised that one of these wasn't um you know transubstantiation of of communion elements, mm. but um we can talk about it. We sh- we could, but I mean it's a symbol. Like uh, it's just for example, we've practiced baptizing Jonathan several times in the pool. Bathmatizing. Bath yeah, bathmatizing. Bathmatizing. Yeah. Um, he has not actually been baptized yet because mm-hmm. baptism happens whenever you stand in front of a group of people and you make a declaration that your life is forever changed and you are forever a follower of Christ. 
So even though he has put his nose over his hand and I've said the words, sorry, his hand over his nose and I've said the words and put him in the pool and pulled him back up. This is for him to practice Mm -hmm. when he gets in front of other people to be able to, to, to do that. We haven't really had an opportunity to do that. He's, he's ready to be baptized, uh, to be, to be baptized in front of everyone. But it is something that happens whenever you say that it's going to happen. That's credo baptism. Dunking happens because that's the way it's described in the Bible, so that's what we should do. Is there a rare occasion? Yes. Listen, I'll argue that when I lived in Russia, there was a girl who was allergic to water. She smelled like it, and um, she had to be baptized with a little bit of sprinkling, and and I understand that. I have seen people baptized with a can of Coca-Cola before. They wanted to say something. The water was not healthy. The only thing that we had was Coke. They said their thing, and they— they made their commitment and they poured Coke over their head and we called it baptized. Is that person less baptized than someone who's dunked? No, but also, yes, that is, that is the, that is the the method of baptism. So let me ask you this. What would be the difference between parents choosing to dedicate their children that cannot make that choice versus parents choosing to sprinkle baptize their kids that also cannot make that choice? Um, there, there isn't a difference. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, p- parents dedicate their kids all the time and their kids grow up to be heathens. Just because you stood up in front of uh, a pastor at one point and said, we're, we're, we're dedicating our kid doesn't mean that you're going to like knock it out of the park and that the kid's going to, you know, that's just, that's just part of it. Um, we pray that, that that happens. You know, that's kind of the point is to help the, the problem is, is that whenever you do that, the, the point of child dedication is that we're actually trying to, um, like, get the entire church involved in helping us raise the kid, right? Everybody's on the same page. This is where we want him to go. But then people immediately then cut out the church and the church influence on their life, on their kid's life. And they say, you know, you can't tell me how to raise my kid. So um, that doesn't really get us back into sprinkle or dunk, but I mean, it, it does kind of bring up some other important things about uh, about that. So um, I think I don't Seth know. wins this round. I think so too. Okay. okay. Did you want to do the, did you want to do another round? Yeah, or? let's do it. Let's do okay. the other round. Cause I've got prosperity doctrine. And I have, I buy my Jesus shoes at the thrift store. Let's just say not prosperity doctrine. The opposite of prosperity yeah, I, doctrine. It doesn't mean that you have to be poor to, to be a Christian, I don't think. But I, I want to hear your argument. Um, I believe I started with sprinkles, so go ahead. Okay. I believe that God loves his children. I believe that he is a good father. And as a good father, I want to provide for my kids. Um. I, I think that the prosperity doctrine in and of itself gets a bad rap based off of people not having fully experienced the full blessings of God. Mm-hmm. And once people do experience the full blessings of God, their tone changes a little bit on whether or not the prosperity doctrine actually is okay. That's my opening argument. Yeah. Um, I think my opening argument is, uh, the opposite of prosperity doctrine is going to actually uh, let you identify with Christ in a deeper way, in a in a in a different way. He was not when he walked the earth. He was not uh, what you would call prosperous. I don't believe he he went from city to city, town to town, um, and sometimes had to rely on the generosity of the people in that town uh, to eat, to sleep, to whatever he needed. And so I think that you could say that by by choosing to live a life where I uh, 
don't try to make the most money. I am choosing to model myself after the life that Jesus lived here on earth. Okay. I I think I understand what you're saying. I think that what I'm hearing you say is that Jesus was homeless. Therefore, it is virtuous for people to not own property. That's not exactly what I said. Um, but I can see why you would hear that. <laughs> so so my 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 counter argument to be, yes, um, he he did travel a lot. That was the the course of his ministry. But to say that he wasn't prosperous in that ministry, I think might be um, misunderstanding um, what what his ministry was. He, he never says that he was hungry. Um, it says that people who were listening to him got hungry. And what did he do? He he fed everyone. Um, he was able to multiply the resources that he had at a moment's notice to take care of anything. Even when it came time to pay taxes, he was still able to pull money out of a fish's mouth, right? So Jesus wasn't afraid of money. He was actually given quite a bit of money whenever he was born. Um, being given as a poor family from from Nazareth, uh, to be given gold and frankincense and myrrh, like given wealthy spices, that would have set up Mary and Joseph for a long, long time. So much so that even after Joseph kind of split, whether or not he died or whatever, after the age of 12, we don't know what happened to Joseph. It never says that Mary hurt for anything, and it never says that Jesus hurt for anything, which means that a family without a provider still was provided for, which means he probably was pretty wealthy at the time. So I, I think that Jesus probably was pretty prosperous financially. My counter argument to that would be, I didn't say he wasn't prosperous in his ministry. He was prosperous in his ministry, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he was overflowing with cash. He had enough. He had enough to take care of himself. He had enough to take care of his disciples, his mother, and the people that were following him, the people that were, were listening to him. Um, Another argument that you could say is uh, the prosperity doctrine may not actually talk about stewardship. And I think sometimes when you want to talk about stewardship, um, you're talking about people who know how to stretch a dollar, people who know how to um, go to the grocery store with 10 bucks and feed a family for Be a week. Be very resourceful. They, hey, no help from the judge. Hey, yeah, she's just providing me a word or two. She's just, you know, helping me. Um, I also, uh, the, the post-it note talks about shopping at the thrift store. Yeah. And, uh, it made me kind of think about the, uh, the, the scripture that says, uh, seek and you will find. And I think when you go to the thrift store, you know, the Lord can give you good gifts at the thrift store. He can say, you know, look, look here, look on this rack, look on this thing, and you can find something that is uh, very nice and very could be expensive or something, and you get a you get it for a good price because you are being a good steward of your money. Listen, I'm not saying that the Proverbs 31 woman isn't supposed to be making the most of all of her resources. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is is that I'm going to change my argument from arguing for the prosperity doctrine to arguing against people who argue against the prosperity doctrine because people literally will get so upset because they hear a clip of Joel Osteen mm -hmm. say that God wants you to be happy. He has good things for you. Uh, he, he doesn't want to leave you in the end. Um, and they get so upset because like, that's the prosperity gospel. Well, it's also the gospel. It's also truth that if it's, I think, didn't we talk about it last week? If it's not good, it's not done. Like, that's what the Bible says, that 
all things work together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus and called according to his purpose. And so people think that if you're blessed for whatever reason, um, that, uh, that, that there must be something wrong with you, or you must have sold out, or you must have done something wrong, because the only virtue is poverty. And and I don't believe that poverty in and of itself exists as a virtue. No, I, I agree. Poverty does not exist as a virtue. But I think people who argue against prosperity doctrine are not necessarily arguing against the doctrine. They believe that God has good things for them and wants to give good gifts to his his uh, children, I think their issue may be with the people that are preaching the prosperity doctrine. What are they doing with that prosperity? You know, we we live in a world right now where we've got a, a very small percentage of billionaires in the world, and they could possibly wipe out hunger. You know, with a few dollars, you know, a billion, and not even miss it. And so. We say that about non-Christians, Jeff Bezos and um, Bill Gates and all of these people, but Christians should be leading the way. And so I think people who argue against prosperity doctrine, it's not the doctrine they have an issue with, it's the people preaching it. And are they living a life that shows... Yes, God gives me prosperity, and I know what to do with it in a way that blesses other people. Well... Again, are we designed to be fruit inspectors of other people? If you look at um, a a secular speaker that that is charged to go and speak at a conference for one hour and what that joker makes for speaking one hour a week— in conferences is more than what most pastors make in a year. Okay. That that's just what, so I mean, their, their yearly income is more than what, what pastors make in a year, but pastors are supposed to be dynamic speakers that change your life every week. They're supposed to put in hours and hours of preparation for whatever reason. We feel like pastors are not allowed to be reimbursed for what it is that they do. They, they provide a service for people. Now, is it a godly service? Yes, but the Bible also says that a workman is worth his hire, and it says don't muzzle the ox as he treads the grain. Let the, let the ox eat as he's treading the grain. And so we think that pastors aren't allowed to actually be uh, financially well-off or prosperous because, oh, they're supposed to be a God's servant. Again, poverty in and of itself is not a virtue. And so just because someone preaches a prosperity doctrine and is prosperous in their life, they're preaching what they know. If you have uh, you know, a small uh, independent fundamentalist Baptist preacher that is in a, a storefront property and um, he, he works three jobs to make ends meet and he gets up and preaches every week, he's going to talk about the virtue of poverty because he's living a poverty lifestyle. Now, that's not saying that he's doing anything wrong. That's just where God has him in life. But he doesn't mean that he has to be able to preach against anybody who doesn't do things exactly his way. Prosperity doctrine gives people the opportunity to grow beyond their current station and arguing against that for the sake of I don't like where you are actually shows covetousness in your spirit. So you're you're breaking a ten, one of the top 10 commandments simply by saying, I don't like you for being wealthy. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry, I need a minute. Um, closing. Closing. I would say, first of all, maybe we're not called to be fruit inspectors, but also we are to a certain extent. I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think that when a when a person chooses the vocation of pastor and um, 
puts themselves in a place where they are going to be seen and inspected and yes, judged whether they like it or not. And whether or not it's right, they have as a pastor have a higher calling and a higher standard that they have to live up to than the regular Joe Schmo that's in the pew. And so I think that, um, we're not saying that people have to live in poverty. We're saying that our entire purpose here on this earth is not to make money. Our entire purpose on this earth is to bring glory to God. And me having a giant mansion that I have because I sold a bunch of books is not necessarily the way that I'm going to bring glory to God. The way I bring glory to God is if I follow his commandments of love God and love people. Well, okay. Okay. I, I mean, do I get my final argument? Go ahead. Yeah. Make it quick. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say that um, some people need to have that kingly anointing where they have the position to to be able to bless the masses and that don't that that come you need resources to be able to do that and so living a poverty a poverty lifestyle um doesn't allow doesn't necessarily allow for that um that's why i i don't really have a problem with the prosperity doctrine because it really just opens it up to more people than just poor people in the South. Okay, that one went back and forth for me. Okay. But I'm going to give it to Andrea. Okay. My pride is hurt because I feel like I argued it so well, considering I completely disagree with it. You did argue it well. Oh my gosh, I was challenged so hard. But also having the last word doesn't mean that you win. So... (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's the thing. She, I she don't necessarily a agree with. I buy my. I don't. I don't go to thrift stores. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you understand how hard that was for me? Okay. I feel like I had that to was argue good. for Carrie Job yeah, earlier. Fair so. Okay. okay so <laughs> even so, Seth wins the game. I mean, He's a but it was close, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. No. No. So, what do you think of that one? Um, that's a really fun game that I don't think that Andrea will ever want to play again. Do you want to see what's underneath? <laughs> yeah, I want to see what's underneath yeah, the other ones. M- yeah. Music one and three. What was underneath those? Lauren Daigle versus Chris Tomlin. Oh, okay, man. that would have been fun. All right, yeah. books. Mere Christianity Ooh. versus Pilgrim's, Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Um, okay. I'm kind of Preacher. glad we didn't do books again. I know. Preachers. Joel Osteen versus uh, T.D. Jakes. Oh, that would have been a fun one. And then, or Tony Evans versus Jensen Franklin. Franklin. Oh. oh, my word. Goodness gracious. I feel like we dodged bullets. I Yeah. And I, I the fact that we were able to uh, veto free will of man versus the sovereignty of God, because can I tell you, yeah. I have been arguing that with my father for 20 years. Almost yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've been discuss We discussed that on a regular we, basis. We need to get pastor Allen here to debate that one for sure. All right. Uh, Jules fun game. Yeah. Fun it game. was tough. It was, f- it was really hard for me, Yeah, it was but stretching. it was fun. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Let's check in with the bee. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Bad news. First Marvel movie in two years is coming out, but it's about some chick. Movie, 
moviegoers everywhere excited for the very first Marvel movie in over two years. Fanboys can't wait to see yet another action-filled, special effects-laden spectacle about a man in a robot suit or a god with lightning powers. But it turns out they're in for a disappointment as the movie is just about some chick. Uh, So Black Widow uh, came out in theaters. Were you trying to find the one that was going to piss us off the most? Yeah. Yep. 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 How'd I do? Done. Yeah. Good. You win that one too. Oh, (laughs) I feel like you need a hug. (laughs) No, it's all right. I don't mind losing. I don't mind being a loser. Oh, okay. Okay. Stop it. Guys, I'm not. We went to go see uh, Black Widow in the theater. Oh, and it was a, it was so good being back in the movie theater. Yeah. It was Did really get popcorn. Nice. Yeah, that's all I want is some popcorn yeah. and a soda. Yeah, and Coke. Oh, yeah, movie so theater good. Coke is so good. Oh, so good. Okay. Oh no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! All right, Andre, what you're not for me? What, what you're looking at me like? Well, you didn't say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying something to piss you guys off. That mm-hmm. she 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 nailed it. She. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Audrey, what's your not for me this week? Okay, my not for me this week is uh, influencers on social media who use the word obsessed too much. I am obsessed with this. And I'm like, you're just trying to sell me something. I am totally obsessed with this. I'm literally obsessed. I'm going to use my quickie voice because I am so obsessed with this eyeshadow palette. She nailed it. That's it. It is fire. I I cannot handle vocal fry. I, I, if it's someone's real voice, I don't mind. But when someone, oh my god, uh, I can't. I just can't. All right. I just I'm tired of the word obsessed. So there you go. I'm right. obsessed with hating obsessed. I love it. All right, Jules, what's your not for me this week? Starbucks being out of cinnamon dolce at oh. every location. Oh no! And they put up the little paper thing that says we may be out of some ingredients. Well, they should say cinnamon dolce as yeah. you're driving up to the little window with the little camera that they can see you, but you can't see them. Yeah, yeah. I do like the Starbucks that do show the uh, the. There's a video of mm. uh, of the barista or the person taking your order uh, there in the the the. Yeah, that's cool. They turn that off most of the time. Well, though. today I'm doing the whole stars, like how many days in a row can you get Starbucks to get the extra stars? Okay. Yes. And so I went to get, I have two drink options. I have an iced version that does not require cinnamon dolce and I have a hot <laughs> version that requires cinnamon dolce. So today I preferred the hot version that, you know, so I drive up and they're like, she's like, hi, what's your name? And I'm like, Julie? <laughs> What can I get you? And I'm like, I I want a a venti decaf mocha with one pump of cinnamon dolce, coconut milk, and yes on the whip. That's my drink. (laughs) And um, she's like, we don't have cinnamon dolce. I'm like, okay. And she's like, do they have sugar-free cinnamon dolce? You can get the flavor. They didn't have any. And so she's like, I can give you vanilla. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. I haven't tried that yet. It it was like nothing. Not the same. It was like, what's the point? You just put a pump of like air in my in my drink. So yeah, it was like that. She's still she's still, she's still a little about salty. It. About yeah. it. I'm a little yeah. salty about yeah. it. So. Yeah, I understand. I mean, if it's 98 degrees outside and I'm going to suffer through a hot drink because I really wanted a cinnamon dolce mocha, then give me my cinnamon dolce. <laughs> oh, so, I, so, there you go. I, I understand. She's spicy about it. She is. Because her drink didn't have the cinnamon. It didn't have it. the yeah. spiced spicy cinnamon in there. Yeah. Which you're not for me. So my here here's the deal, guys. Um, 
I don't expect everybody to be good at the same thing. I think that everybody should have different skill sets in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect everyone to be able to be good on, on a cell phone or on a computer. Okay. But if you do not know how to use technology, please do not use the self checkout at a grocery store. Um, there's people there to do that for you. Uh, uh, please do not get a basket full of food and then not know how to scan a barcode. Just just please don't do that. Ma'am, you're not for me. <laughs> that, that, that's it. All right. That's a show. Uh, but listen, our, uh, our, our thoughts and opinions are not the final word, dear listener. Um, Some of these opinions weren't even our own. <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> Most of them were not your own. Most opinion. of these thoughts and opinions were not our... our, our um, nope. I, I normally would say we'd love to hear what you have to think about any of these things. Please don't come at us for this show. <laughs> we, we we could easily get canceled. We for were forced any of to things. do this. We were, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm no. Hey, if you come after my wife, I will, I will end you. That's how this works. So, um, but anyway, I just want to say that, uh, that if you would like to engage, feel free to do so. Andre, how do people get in touch with us? Yeah. You can like, follow and cont- uh, comment, 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 comment. Comment on the socials. We are at Dropping Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, that's right. And for every comment that we receive, we'll give uh, money to a charity of some sort. I don't know. Whatever Joshua Harris is pushing this week. (laughs) Remember, the greatest compliment you could give us is to tell a friend to listen to this episode or maybe episode 71 or another episode that you loved. And then tell them to subscribe because we'll be back again next week. Yes, we will be back next week. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. This is Julie. And this is Dropping Sunday.